Matt has been working hard. It's not just this weekend, just preparing to get to this point where we're at. I want you to realize, like, to do all that he's done and to, to prepare and, and then come up here and lead worship after being worn out and tired. Uh, man, Matt, thank you so much for all you do. Um, I know your heart. And you love it. Absolutely. down in Round Rock, Texas. Y'all know where Round Rock is? Just north of Austin. It's not in Austin. North of Austin. I don't claim to be from Austin. That's not who I am. Uh, I was born and raised in Ennis, Texas. Y'all know? Like, actually, a little community just outside called Teleco. Anybody? know? So I grew up on a farm. Like, I was telling our students all weekend, like, I'm country. Like, not C-O-U. Like, I'm K-U-N-T-R-Y. Country. All right? Like, I grew up uh, out on a farm. I learned how to drive a tractor before I learned how to drive a truck. Um, I learned how to drive a truck by hauling hay at the age of 12. That's probably illegal. I don't know. But anyway, like, that's that was my upbringing. A lot of hard work, a lot of stuff. And um, there were six kids in my family. And uh, my dad was the one who worked. My mom stayed home. And uh, we had this acre garden. And we had one cow that we would kill a year. And that's what we lived off of, literally. The only thing we went to town for was to get, like, toilet paper um, and then like all the normal stuff and so like that's how I grew up so to go from that to, to being in Round Rock I was talking with some of the students a second ago it's kind of wild like there are I want to say seven six a high schools like within a small area it's insane and so like for me, I'm, I'm, I think I'm finally adjusted a little bit. Like, where I live is actually really nice because, like, I live in this, like, you know, little community or whatever, but then there's, like, woods all around me. And so, like, I love that I can still walk around my neighborhood and see deer roaming through or coyotes and stuff. And then, like, I, I, I love that. My wife, not so much. She grew up in Arlington. We had a couple of Arlington people in here, right? Um, she was a Martin girl as well. Um, but but uh, she loves that city life. And I'm like, okay, I'll deal with it. It's fine. As long as I can get out to the country, I'm good. All right? And so, listen, I, I'm excited to be here this morning. This is such a privilege. One that Matthew would trust me uh, to come and, and speak. Matt's known me for a while. Uh, my first full-time youth ministry was at the church that Matt grew up in. Um, so Matt has seen me like from my worst uh, to, to my not so bad right now. Like I, I don't proclaim to be a great preacher. Um, I respect Troy. People who are pastors, I, I, I couldn't do what you do. Like, I, I know that I'm not called to do that. I, I've literally tried everything in the church. Like, I've been an associate pastor, worship pastor, student pastor. I was in charge of property and space. I've done all those things. I was a janitor. Like, I did all those things, right? Except for being a pastor. And I don't ever, I don't want to do it. Like, God may call me to do that someday. I'm still praying he doesn't. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, it is. We all pray for me that God does it. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I love student ministry. Like, I, I feel like I'm kind of built to do that because I'm a big goofball. That's who I am. I'm a goofball. I like to have fun. Um, I, I'm getting older now, and I'm finally real. I, my body doesn't like to do a lot of the things that I used to do, um, but I still do them. It's fine. Like, my body, it, it, it complains a little bit, but we keep going, right? And so um, I, I'm just really, I, I'm honored, and, and thank you, Pastor Troy, for trusting me to, to do this. Um, that's a big deal. One for a pastor to give up the pulpit. Um, that, that's a lot. And to trust somebody to do that is a big deal. So thank you so much for that. Um, so this weekend, we have been talking about what students being truly free. Thank you. Truly free. That's absolutely it. And so, listen, this is kind 
kind of the, the final tie it all up, bring it all together, peace for the weekend, um, where we are talking about being truly free in Christ. And so the, the challenge that we're going to take this morning comes out of 1 Peter. So if you want to start uh, opening your Bible or turning your Bible on, listen, if you're one of those people that turn your Bible on, make sure you're not distracted. All right, like I just want to say that, students, you know what I'm saying. We've been talking about it all week. Uh, but we're going to be in 1 Peter. And as you guys are turning there, uh, just in case I want to give a little bit of context, Peter is one of the original disciples, one of the 12, right? He was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter was kind of this impulsive guy. Right? He had what I would call a foot-shaped mouth. Um, my wife says I have that as well. Where like sometimes we say something or do something without thinking through of the like what, what the repercussions are. And so Peter's one of those guys that he sometimes would just like go all out. Like he goes from zero to one hundred, alright, and then he's like, oh man, why did I do that? Or, or like even whenever he did fall, Jesus was always there to pick him up. Jesus was always there to encourage him. Right? And, and so like it's, it's kind of cool because Peter, at this point, he's, he's writing to this church, to the church in Rome, because he wants to encourage them. He wants to, to, to tell them, because they're living in a place where Christianity is still not really all that acceptable. And they're still trying to figure out what it means to, to follow Jesus, to be truly free, while living within this community that, that, that says the opposite. And so, uh, like I said, we're going to be picking up in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 13. Um, and... Um, I'll talk a little bit, unpack it, and then we're going to keep going. So, 13, here we go. It says, submit to every human authority because of the Lord, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. So the first point I want to make this morning is simply this. We live free. We are free in Christ. Right? We've been set free from sin, death, all the things we talked about this weekend, students, to where we can live freely for Christ, freely by living by, you know, in the Spirit, but we live free with self-control. And this is huge. This is so important uh, because it plays into how we are represented within our community. Right? Like, we live with self-control. This weekend we've discussed this uh, a, a lot, living free. Christ has set us free. But he presents this, like, paradox. Right? Where he, he says, like, you've been set free in Christ, right? And, and so there's nothing that, that can really stand against you. You can no longer be condemned because whenever God sees you, he sees the righteousness of Christ. He sees Jesus. And we, we, we get that, right? But, but we live in a world where people don't always see it that way. And in fact, I would even say that sometimes when we proclaim to be a Christian, the world often looks at us pretty judgmental. Right? They're like, well, if you're supposed to be a Christian, why are you doing that? Like, why are you? I told a story the other what? Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. I, my brain jumps. I'm ADD, all right? I apologize right now. My brain jumps a lot. I'm on medication right now. So just hang in there with me, all right? Um, but, but, but anyway, like we are no longer condemned. But technically, like in the big picture of things in Christ, you know, we, we are above like the world and, and how it tries to restrain and the things that it says. Um, but while we have this life on earth and it's rich and it's wonderful and God's blessed us with it, this isn't our home, Right? We're aliens. We're talking about aliens this morning. Uh, any any conspiracy theories out there? Nobody. I like to talk about them. I don't. I don't believe it, but it's just kind of cool. But anyway, um, like, but but he says that we are not residents of this earth, right? Like we are aliens to this place. When we give our lives to Christ, and the Holy Spirit comes and, and lives and dwells within us, like our our who we are is found in Christ, and, and we are God's children. 
We are, are bound for heaven. We have this earthly body, but we are called to be different, to stand out, right? And, and so, like, while, while we are here on this earth, you know, like, our time on earth is, is honestly, it's kind of a, a, a blink compared to eternity, right? And so while it's true that, that, that we have all these things that lead up to that, Peter reminds us that while we are here and while we are indeed free, we have to apply self-control. There has to be a level of self-control. So what Peter is saying is that while technically we're free, like we are called to be people who live out our faith under the structure of society. That's tough, right? Like that's tough. Like, like I said, I grew up out in the country. Like I wore rubber boots and no shirt like 24-7, sometimes not even shoes. Um, but like that was like I did kind of whatever I wanted. My parents gave me a, like a BB gun at the age of five, and I went around and like I just did whatever I wanted, right? But then whenever I started going into society... Right? And you're like, oh, you have to wear a shirt um, and shoes, and you can't carry a BB gun around, though in Texas, it's a little different. But anyway, anyway, um, but like, like you, you realize, like, in society, like, there is, there's an authority that we still have to fall under. Right? And so he says that we do this, when we, we follow this authority, when we are, are, are submissive to it, right, that we do this for the Lord's sake, which should be the motive behind everything that we do. Right? To glorify God. That is the, the ends, the means of our lives is to give glory to God in everything that we do. Now, it may seem like a no-brainer that, yeah, we should, we should probably obey authority, that, that there is that. But like whenever Peter was writing to his audience, they were living in a time that Rome was an authority. Um, at one point, there's this guy named Nero. Y'all know, know anything about him? This dude is wild and crazy. Like, he hated Christians so much that whenever he would go arrest them at night, if he just really didn't like them, he would put them in these cages and light them on fire to light up the streets at night. He burned a part of Rome and blamed it on Christians. Like, this guy was nuts, right? And, and then on top of that, Rome was the authority, and they did not like anybody else posing a, a threat to who they were, right? And so, like, these Christians are trying to live in the freedom of Christ, knowing that, like, Rome no longer has authority over them, but they know that they still have to live within that society. And, and so they're, they're in this moment, Peter, he's writing to them, and like, like he's saying, like he's trying to encourage them, like you, you, you have to still obey that authority, right? Students, you may not like being under the authority of your teachers sometimes, okay, or your coaches, you love being under the authority of your parents, right? Alright? Um, but but like, like, you know, it's a struggle sometimes, and, and as you get older, it's a lot harder. Like, you, you, you want to be submissive, but, like, you don't like being under the authority of a boss. Someone who's telling you what to do or how to do things or a wife that's like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, like, like, like you, you don't want to be underneath that authority. And sometimes, like, when you're trying to be submissive, like, the things that are said, the things that are done kind of sometimes rub us the wrong way. Right? And then we start to get defensive. And we start to get, you know, like, when we get to this place where, like, I want to do my own thing, right? Uh, or, you know, being under the authority of, of mayors or governors or presidents, sometimes we don't see eye, eye to eye with, but we are still to fall under their authority. Peter says that part of our freedom is, is honoring the authority of those people that we interact with, the, the institutions that God has set up and that he is still in control of. I'm going to say that again, that he is still in control. That's hard to see sometimes, I know it, but he is still in control. God has set us free. But God desires that we submit 
right? And submits, like it implies that we are to make a decisive choice, right? To submit. And submit means to accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another. Once again, students, you submit to the, the will of your parents, right? Um, to your teachers, be respectful in those moments. You be respectful to your coaches, and you honor them. Uh, adults, you, you be respectful to your parents as well, all right? Um, and be respectful to the, to the place of work, where, where you're at. Um, and when we do these things, it says that we bring honor to God. We bring honor to God. And, and like that takes self-control. But that's the challenge that God expects us to rise to. To rise to. Let me give you an example. Are you guys free to eat whatever you want for the most part? Like, for the most part, right? Like, I mean, I know there might be, like, medical issues where you can't eat certain things, but, like, if I wanted to, I could go eat two whole pizzas and, like, a, a, a suitcase full of Snickers when I get home tonight. I could, all right? Like, I could, well, I don't know if I physically could. I, I wouldn't try. My kids would want to do that. I can tell you that. Like, I've got two boys that are 10 and 9, and they are eating me out of house and home at 10 and 9. Like, I, I don't look forward to what they do when they're teenagers. But anyway, like, like, like I could do that. There's no law that's stopping me that says, Tim, you can't eat two pizzas. You can only eat two slices, Matt. Um, but like, no, I'm just kidding. Matt didn't say that. But like, like, there's no law that tells me that I cannot do those things. Like, I have a freedom to choose what I eat and how I eat. Is it a terrible idea to eat a suitcase full of Snickers? What do you think? Most likely, right? Like, you're going to be sick. You're going to be sick. All right? Like, that's just the, the, there are consequences to our actions, to the things that we do. And we, we, we sometimes do these things when they're, we know they're not good for us. But we know that sometimes, like, we have to follow rules. Or let me put it this way. None of you guys speed around here, right? Like, that doesn't happen. But if you were to speed, okay, let's just, if you were, all right, and you get pulled over because you were breaking the law, which you wouldn't do that. But if you're, you get pulled over for breaking the law, and the police officer walks up and says, uh, sir, and you're like, nope, here's my baptism registration that says that I get a free pass because I'm above your laws. Like, that's not how it works. The police officer would look at, like, he would look at you like you're crazy, right? He might give you two tickets just for your insanity. Um, I don't know. I hope he would. But, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, just because we are free in Christ, we still have boundaries. There are still best practices that God wants us to follow. And we shouldn't abuse our freedom because Jesus didn't die for that. Being set free comes with expectations, right? And it goes farther than simply just how we obey those in authority. Let's keep looking. Um, 15. It says, For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing what? Good. Live as free people. We're going to stop there. The second thing I would submit to you guys this morning is simply that we live free, but we do it with pure hearts. With hearts and minds that are set on Christ. Colossians 3, if then you have been raised with Christ, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. That we are heavenly minded, okay? That we are living our lives in a way with pure hearts to restore humanity. Like God uses us, we are that conduit. And so we, we do things with pure hearts. And so what, what does Peter mean when he, when he, like, talking about silencing the foolish people? Well, his original audience, once again, first generation Christians. Right? They're just still figuring this stuff out. Right? Um, they're living in this hostile culture. And they're still trying to figure out how to live out their faith in the midst of all the chaos around them. 
There's lots of rumors, lots of gossip, lots of misunderstanding about what Christianity is about. You want to preach? Oh, <laughs> take it. I'm nervous right now. Um, but, but, but like, it, 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 they're, they're trying to figure out what Christianity is about. And there's so many rumors and misunderstandings. Uh, that happens to us today. Misunderstandings of what it means to be a Christian. Right? And so, like, they're dealing with this, and, and Peter was one to encourage all these Christians in Rome to, to live a godly life that, that people would be able to have nothing negative to say about them or their Savior. Right? You've heard it maybe put it this way, like, to live above reproach. Right? And I know that's a struggle. That is so stinking hard to do. But we can relate because, like, this still pertains to us today, that we, we are trying to do our best to live at in life in Texas and, and, and working for the people that we work for to represent Christ. Right? To represent Christ. And so like in Christ, yes, we're free from the judgment and the condemnation of, of others. And those things, they don't hold power or dominion over us anymore. But, but here's the deal. Like we're still sinful people, right? Like we, we still sin. We still struggle with that. And we, we have that in our hearts. But sometimes we still choose to use our freedom like as kind of a, a way outside of God's desire. Right? He, he wants us to make sure that in our freedom, we're embracing our freedom in a way that honors God and others. And we can't allow our freedom in Christ to make room for us to sin. Like, we, we have to strive to live godly lives. Paul said in Romans 6.1, shall we go on sinning? Like, should we go continue living like how we want so that the grace of God can keep, like, growing so that the grace of God can be seen? No! Like, it doesn't make sense at all. Christ has saved you from that. Why would you continue in that? Yeah, yeah we have grace, all right? But there's, like, this light bulb that should come on called the Holy Spirit that begins to convict you of living your life that represents Christ, living a, a, a life that is worthy of the gospel, as Paul said. Colossians 3.17. Once again, that's like my favorite piece of scripture, by the way. Colossians chapter 3, the whole chapter. I love it. But he says in 3.17 that everything we do. Now this is like Tim's version of it. But everything we do, when we go to school, right? When we go to work, when we are hanging out with our friends, whenever we're out at, in the deer stand by ourselves, like anywhere and everywhere we go, everything that we do, we do it to the honor and glory of God. Everything. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, so I got, I got saved at the age of 16, um, but all throughout high school, I was studying to be a landscape designer. That's what I wanted. I love grass. Like, that sounds so nerdy, but like, I could tell you about Tipway 419, Tip Eagle. I could tell you about St. Augustine. I could tell you about Bermuda. I could tell you about all kinds of grass, best place to grow it, how to take care of it, right? Like, I know that here we got a lot of birds. I get it, right? I, I, I get it. But like, I love like plants. I love to study about the regions. Like, even today, I still study that stuff because I'm a nerd, all right? Like, I just, I love that stuff. And so I was, I was wanting to, to be a landscaper, and so I got saved at the age of 16, and uh, the, the, the teacher who was that, that taught that class, he was a believer. And whenever he found out, like this was a scripture he gave to me. He said, Tim, in everything that you do, whether that's picking up trash, or making sure you mow straight lines, all right, or fixing the divots on a golf course, you do it all for the glory of God. It's this idea that, that everything we do has an intention and has purpose. Right? That everything we do has intention and it has purpose, but we do it with a pure heart, but with a life that represents Christ, that points others to Jesus. So that when people do ask, like, man, why are you 
so nice all the time. Like, I don't get it. Why, why do you live this way? And like, you can say, let me tell you about my Savior. Let me tell you about who I was before Christ and, and how lost I was. But let me tell you why I had this purpose, why I had this joy, why I live my life the way that I do. Because He is saved. And in Him, I am truly free. And, you know, there, there's one more aspect of freedom that I kind of want to touch on um, this morning, and then I'll, I'll be done. Um, we're going to wrap it up. But let's keep reading 16 and 17. It says, live as free people, but don't use your freedom as a way to conceal evil. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. The last point I want to make is that we live free, but when we live free, our lives should be a blessing to others. That, that our lives should be a, a blessing to others. That, that when Jesus sets us free, there is this purpose behind everything that we do. That we are to live fully to the, the, the full freedom that God has given us, but we do it all for Him. And so, um, the, one of those purposes that He has set us free is, is to, to bless others. To bless others. However, God, however you can. There's a guy that's in my church. He is the, uh, the the maintenance guy. He worked for, I couldn't tell you how many years for State Farm. Whatever he did, he has a lot of money. You would never know it. But man, I tell you, there are so many times that people show up at our church and like we have a food pantry. I know y'all have a food pantry as well, which is awesome, right? You're, you're, you're serving the community. But like he'll like do that and then sometimes he's like, hey, let me take you out to, to lunch and like give him a $100 bill. And like I've seen him do this like multiple times. Right? Like, and it's just like, that's insane. First of all, I wish I had that kind of money. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but like, like, it's insane that he is willing to just give up all that he has for people he knows nothing about. And so I've talked to him about this before. I'm like, man, that's crazy that you do this. He's like, yeah, but it's not my money. It's God's money. And I'm going to use every ounce of, of money and, and responsibility and everything that I have if it means that I can point people to Jesus. Right? And so that means, like, for me, like, I'm no longer going to chase being a landscape designer. However, man, if there are people in my neighborhood that are like, hey, my neighbor, like, my, my yard needs this. Tim, and people are kind of figuring out, I love, I talk about it a lot. Uh, but they're like, Tim, hey, like, my next door neighbor, she's this Australian Buddhist lady, right? Um, I love her accent. It's fun to talk to her. But, but anyway, like, she's always wanting to ask me questions because she knows that I study this stuff. She knows that I, I, I knew, like, when we had the big freeze that came through that froze all of Texas, Right? I mean, all of Texas. Like, like she thought she lost her tree, and so she's like, hey, Tim, what do you... All right, let me put it in her hands. Hey, Tim, do you think that we should try to save that tree? And I'm like, yeah, you can do that. Like, if you cut here, here, and here, like, this is what I would do if I were you. Make sure that you, you water and keep the root system underneath the, the soil if you need to add. So, like, I'm, I'm giving her all these things, right? But it's because I want to take the opportunity to bless her in hopes that I... And I've had multiple conversations with her about faith. For her, it's always, you know, I just believe that, that if I'm good enough, that if I, if I do good things for people, that it's going to come around and bless me. And I'm like, I understand that, but in my belief, I, I think it works a little bit different. That no matter how good I try to be or how, many, how good I try to help other people, like, we live in a world that's broken. People fail us, right? But, but I love you, and I want to take care of you and show you how much you love for, for because, like, I know that Christ has loved me the same. And she always says, oh, that's nice, dear. And that's it. And that's okay. Like, that's okay. Like, it's not my responsibility to save her. I'm to share the gospel with her, and then God does the same. All right? 
And so when we are, 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 are you know, set free, that means that we live a life that is a blessing to others, that we use every ounce of, of, of who we are to point people to God. To point people to the, the fact that they need a Savior. Right? Because here's the thing. Like, I, I know before I became a Christian, man, at one point I, I felt absolutely lost. Lost and, and angry and depressed. And, and whenever I came to know Jesus, man, I'm telling you, He completely changed my life. Completely changed. Like, the fact that I'm standing here before you right now is insane. Before I get up here, I'm sitting over there singing over here. I'm like, okay, I like this. And then, like, the moment Matt's like, and here comes Tim. My heart went, it's like, oh gosh, here I go. I'm going to talk. And I get up here, like, and my heart's racing, right? Like, this is not something that's natural and normal for me. But I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because I want to bless you guys in hopes that, that you take what we hear today, knowing that we're truly free, and you go bless your community. That you go bless your neighbor. That you go do whatever it is you need to do. To represent Jesus in Lafayette, Texas. To represent Jesus when you go to Weatherford. When you, you represent Jesus when you go to Fort Worth or Austin. Stay in North Austin, it's fine. Um, but like, it, it, it's all about blessing others. It's a way of seeing our freedom and a calling to, to bless others. And, and then Paul says, this is what it means. This is who we bless, right? So he first off, he says that we are to bless, uh, where am I? Here we go. Honor everyone, right? That's kind of a, the Greek word there literally means everyone. Okay, like there's no like, there's no surprise there. Every single person that he goes on, right? He says that honor everyone um, and love the brotherhood. That means that, that, that we love the community of, of, of brothers and sisters that we have in Christ, Right? That's hard to do sometimes. Like, I think sometimes, like, Christians sometimes can be the most unlovable people because we think, like, they should be the most lovable people, right? And so whenever we think of someone who's supposed to be the most lovable, then they hurt us, we're just like, that doesn't add up, right? But we're supposed to love the brother, that we are supposed to, to seek to, to build each other up, right? And then uh, he, he says to fear God. That, that in that fear, in that understanding of who God is, because, yes, he is righteous, and yes, he loves us, and there's mercy, and there's grace that he shows us, right? Yeah. There has to be an opposite side of that as well for us to fully understand God's grace. Like, like if, if your parents tell you not to run out on the road, and you run out on the road, and a car comes by, like, I tell my kids all the time, like, you see that flat squirrel? That could be you. Don't run out on the road, right? Like, like don't be that. Like, don't do that. Like, but, but there are consequences to decisions that we make. And, and it's this idea that, man, like, there is a fear of God that has to be there in order to understand and really be thankful for what Christ has done for you. Like, that there has to be judgment. There has to be that side of God because he is perfect and holy and he doesn't, he can't be around that. And so he's saying, listen, I don't want this for you. I don't want you to be stuck in this, lost and separated in sin, because this is what happens. Sin leads to death, right? For the wages of sin is? Like, everything that we do when, it call, when it's sin, it earns death. It drives the state between us and God. But, what, do you know the second half of that verse? Say it again. The free gift of God is Christ. It's eternal life. Man, when I was 16 years old and I was lost and very angry, all right, with a lot of stuff, I, I realized how terrible of a person I was. I, I, I'm the guy that, like, you said something wrong to me, I'm punching you in the face. Like, I'm coming at you, all right? But whenever I came to know Christ, man, it completely changed my heart. Do I still have to keep my emotions in check? Yeah. 
Y'all still have to take every thought captive? Yeah. But I do it because I fear the Lord. In a very healthy and respectful way. And because we've been set free in Christ, and that is how we spread the love of Jesus to the world around us. Because you realize what you've been set free from, right? But then we realize what we've been set free to do. To be the conduit of how the gospel is spread around the world. If you're in this room and you've given your life to Jesus, whether it's been 30 to 50 years or maybe just two years or a couple months, God has called you to be the conduit of grace for this world. We talked about this with the students. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense, right? And it's understanding that, that, that we have the righteousness of Christ and we are thankful for that and we want to share that with other people. I'm going to kind of end here. Um, I know I'm told by uh, it is what it is. Um, but my challenge for us as believers this morning is that one, we would learn to, to live as free people. To live as people who are no longer held back by sin. Because let's be honest, sometimes when we do mess up, there are a lot of times where we feel like, I, I, I know God probably doesn't want to be around me right now. I've got to try to get myself back together before I can go back to be on, on God's A team, right? But that's not how it works. God says, no, there's nothing you can do that will make me love you any less or any more. I love you just the way you are. Let's move forward, right? And, and, and so maybe this morning you need to just walk in freedom by confessing sin. I'm not asking you to come forward. Like, if God's speaking to you right now, then you know that there's some sort of, like, sin that you've been keeping deep, dark, dark down and you don't want to talk about with other people. God knows. He's not surprised by that. Let him know. And I'll even go a little bit further. I will tell you, if you want to find freedom from that sin, you've got to confess it to a brother and sister in Christ so that you can be held accountable and find out how to work through it. We are not meant to, to do this walk of life alone. Maybe this morning you need to submit to Jesus' authority. Maybe, maybe you've been just kind of living life the way that you feel like is best. And you need to repent of that. And you need to say, God, like, I, I know that you are King Jesus. And by King, that means that I know that, that you are the perfect ruler and reigner. And I want to give that authority back to you. You need to submit to him. Do that. Maybe, maybe you just need to, to find other Christians to walk with you. Just from what I know about you guys, y'all are not a very normal Baptist church. Just from the way that you're saying, all right? Like, I, I questioned, I was like, is this Baptist church? Um, like, like y'all are passionate people. And if, you, if you're just visiting, and you're in Lapan, and you're like, I'm moving to this area, man, this is a great place to plug in. God is doing some amazing things in this church, and you want to get plugged in, this is a great place. Or maybe you're in this room this morning, all right? And listen, you've, you've maybe been coming to church for a while and you've heard this a million times. But listen, like if you're in here and you know that you need to submit and surrender to Christ. Just because you've been coming to church for a long time does not mean that you are a Christian. If you have not confessed that you need a Savior, you would do that this morning. And that you would come talk to Matt or Pastor Troy or myself. Uh, you know, we'll find somebody that you can talk to so that you can figure out what it means to be free in Christ. I'm going to pray, and Matt, if you'll come up. But if you'll pray with me, um, we're going to see what God does. You know? So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, that in you we have freedom. Freedom that, that, that is not going to restrain us, that, 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 that doesn't allow fear to continue to hold us back. But God, that we can be free. That we can find joy. We can find 
purpose in our life because we find it in you. That we find life in you. God, this morning we, we just want to proclaim that, that you are the, the way, the truth, and the life, and that there's no way to God except through you.